like I said, I, I've been intense since I was little. I know one of my teammates in college said, uh, even my walk is intense. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I need to meet you in person. <laughs> yeah, so I, I walk pretty fast. Uh, sometimes I tell myself I should slow down, but I don't I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how to like half effort anything. Hello, welcome to Statement Mondays, where we explore how different women harness their identities at work. I'm your host, Natalie Munster, and if you need a reason to be bold today, here it is. Today is Statement Monday. We have a very accomplished athlete as our guest today. Her name is Tyler Lucy. Tyler played on the women's soccer team at Princeton and broke a few records, I should add, before being drafted by the Portland Thorns in the NWSL draft, and that stands for National Women's Soccer League. And alongside her unmatched intensity in actually playing soccer as her main job, she has several crazy side endeavors, one of which is taking the NWSL public so you can buy and sell its stock. In this interview, Tyler digs into her 200% 24 hours a day mindset and the paths it's created for her on and off the field, as well as how she's found an advocate who will cheer her on for the rest of her life. As always, stick around after the interview to hear my top takeaways from this conversation with Tyler. Hello, Tyler. It's great to have you on Statement Mondays. Thank you, Natalie, for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be here, and I just I love what you're doing and encouraging women to be bold every single day. I'd love to start off by having you introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Tyler Lucy. I'm a professional soccer player in the National Women's Soccer League for the Portland Thorns. And who I am, I'm, I'm fierce every single day in every single way, <laughs> um, in every game, in every practice. And anybody who you ask and knows me really well will say I'm probably one of the most intense people you've ever met. So it just kind of exudes out of me. Uh, I'm very passionate about what I do. And uh, I think, you know, sports and soccer specifically has really shaped my life today and, and has taught me so much about myself, you know, confidence courage in myself, believing in myself, and it's really helped develop my character. I believe I'm a role model, you know, with my actions and a mentor mm. with my words. And that's huge because I'm not just one thing. I'm not just an athlete. And I think that's really important. It's like, you're not just defined by one thing you do in this life. Mm. There's so many other facets to me um, outside the soccer field, you know, I co-founded a mentoring company called the National College Recruiting Center with my older brother, who's a professional triathlete and is in law school. Um, was also the world's youngest Ironman at 13. Yeah. Uh, we also, you know, founded an athletic apparel company called Athlete Underneath. For you know anybody under your clothing, you're an athlete. Well, I would love to hear a little bit about the backstory because you were also a superstar in college obviously <laughs> in order to have gotten where you are you know I was talking with you earlier and you said you come from a really athletic family <laughs> tell me how that all comes into play we have a motto in my family where it's called three sports a day is the Lucy way <laughs> so yeah it's a little ambitious so we grew up uh doing I mean I played almost every sport just get out there have fun with it you know my family never forced me to play sports I didn't want to or play anything I didn't want to yeah so I grew up uh I have an older brother like I said named Hunter and then I have a younger brother Morgan who's uh getting his MBA and hopefully will become a professional soccer player so that intensity I've have really kind of exuded from playing against him but also growing up playing and still playing with boys and men 
obviously they're physically bigger than me. They're faster than me. They're going to be stronger than me, but it has helped my game so much in terms of improving my skills and thinking faster so that when I do go back to playing with my teams, and this is from, you know, young club days of soccer to then college to now professional soccer, I am so much quicker. And it's really been because I was put in those challenging and uncomfortable environments Mm -hmm. where I was playing against boys and men. And, you know, I'm not going to win every ball. I'm going to get pushed down every, you know, a lot of the times I'm going to take the hits, but can I get back up? Can I believe in myself and from a young age? And and that's really what was instilled in me from my parents and my brothers that just because I'm a girl and now a woman, I can do anything. I can play against the boys. I I can stick it out against the boys (laughs) and, and I will earn that respect. I already know I respect myself, but I in the way I play, in my attitude, in what I bring, in the discipline I bring, I will achieve what I want to. So yeah, definitely sports has shaped my family's life. Um, and, but, uh, yeah. And I mean, something that you just said really struck me is I know I respect myself and I don't know if that's easy for you to say, but not like I would not be able to say that on a regular basis and just to hear you say it so confidently is huge I think if you don't respect yourself how are you able to respect anybody else Mm -hmm. I think as as little girls statistically I think girls you know are walking and talking before little boys and uh women you know are told to be more ladylike and I'm just like no women need to be told and are more bold and, and that was instilled in me from a very young age from my parents. They said I could do anything. And I believed in myself. And it stems from if you believe in yourself every single day, then no one and nothing can stop you. Because if you are dedicated to your craft, mm-hmm. then you can go as far as you want to take it if you have that hard work and that discipline. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to, like you said, respecting yourself. And it's it's not an easy thing to say and, and you have to learn it over time. And it stems back from also supporting each other. Like I had that support, not only from my family, but my coaches, the mentors from a very young age. It's really important to surround yourself with the people who truly care about you mm. and want to see you succeed. And when you do succeed, are cheering for you, are your, you know, your biggest fans. And that's, that includes women and men. But I think more women need to support women. And that's a huge, huge thing we need to do every single day because society likes to pin us against each other. And that's not how we succeed. So well said. (laughs) Oh my gosh, how do I follow that? Um, I got a chance to talk to your coach at Princeton, Sean Driscoll. He said that, Tyler, you embody excellence in every way and that you set a standard different from everyone else around you. And that includes even being at Princeton, which is an objectively elite school, you still set a standard higher than everyone there. And that goes for, I'm sure, soccer as well as your education. Can you tell me a little bit about how that intensity and that excellence, where that comes from, and then how that came to play, especially in college? Oh, (laughs) I think, like I said, I've been intense since I was little. I know one of my teammates in college said, uh, even my walk is intense. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I need to meet you in person. <laughs> yeah. So I, I walk pretty fast. Uh, sometimes I tell myself I should slow down, but I don't 
I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how to like half effort anything. I think in my line of work, I get praised and constructively criticized for giving 200% 100% of the time. Mm. So it, it's it's really just the people I've been surrounded by um, that have, have helped me exude that intensity mm-hmm. and having that desire to to be excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be peaks and valleys in your journey from a young age. If it's what you love to do, it's not just a steady incline. And what can you learn from those, you know, the moments of you think it's failure, but I don't take it as failure. Mm-hmm. I take it as what can I grow from those moments where maybe I didn't make a certain team in club and when I was 11 years old, but what can I do? What can I do? And then and, and I tell all the kids I mentor is you can't just show up to practice and think that that's enough. You have to do the work outside. You have to spend that extra 20 minutes with the ball. But it also translates to your education. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in class for a certain amount of time. You're at school for a certain amount of time. And maybe you have a big test coming up soon. So what do you do? You study outside. You go home and you study so that you can do well. And for me, it's I do the work outside of practice. I do the recovery. I make sure that I am mindset is ready all the time so that when it comes to the game, when it comes to those big moments, I, I'm fully prepared because I always say practice like you're playing in a game. Mm-hmm. And that's huge because I, I'm, I spend hours of practice. And then when it comes to those key moments in the game, do I make them count? Because I've done it 2000 times throughout my career. And, and I've, I've kind of had that professional mentality instilled in me from a young age being surrounded by my family and took that into, you know, my club soccer, not only that, but education was, you know, one of the biggest proponents of my life. And I still can continue my education even out of graduating Princeton. And it wasn't easy, but you can't shy away from it. You're Mm -hmm. there for a reason. And, And that's the most important thing to take back is you're there for a reason and mentioning Sean. So he, uh, he's like a father figure, a mentor, you know, one of my closest friends, he came in my junior year. And I didn't know what to expect. He was a new coach. And uh, honestly, he's one of the reasons why I'm a professional soccer player today. That just this support he has and the encouragement he has for women. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has two young daughters. He's, uh, you know, a dedicated husband to his wife, uh, an incredible coach and mentor, and uh, has really helped me. But I think our friendship is is continued even after I graduated, and is like I said, so near and dear to my heart. And that's the best feeling because to have that support, even if it's not, you know, talking to that person all the time, but you know, you can call that person whenever, and they will pick up the phone. They'll be there for you. Those are the people, that's the circle you want to surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And I'm very grateful and thankful to have someone like Sean in my life. That's, I mean, I think everyone needs people like this. Exactly what you said, you need to surround yourself with people, but it's not easy. Yeah. And speaking of coaches, something you also mentioned was um, that you get praise, but also constructive (laughs) criticism from, you know, putting in 200%, 100% of the time. What possible constructive criticism could come from there? Like (laughs) you're setting the bar too high or what? (laughs) It's like I said, being overly intense. Like I I don't know how to switch it off. Mm. And, And with my team, 
it's about being open to receiving feedback um, mm-hmm. and growing. And, you know, I want to be the best player I can possibly be. So mm-hmm. what can I do today? You know, what 1% that I can do better today than I didn't do yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's being coachable. It's, you know, taking that constructive feedback and criticism and, and turning it into a positive because sometimes it's hard to take feedback. Sometimes you only take the negative from it, but your coaches are there to make you better. Mm -hmm. They want to see you succeed as an individual because if you succeed as an individual, you're helping the collective, you're helping your team. Mm -hmm. And if your team is all in that mindset and they're all bought in, then you will all win and you're all going to do well. This is my fifth year as a professional athlete with the same team, Portland Thorns. By far the best group I think I've been a part of because it comes down to we all respect each other. We're all here for a reason. Mm-hmm. We all are empowered women from so many different backgrounds and so many different walks of life that we come together to form this incredible team that's intense, that wants to win, that wants to win every practice and every drill and every moment. And I'm like, well, this is where you amplify me. This is where I'm <laughs> just on my game. And it's like in any, in any job, any career, Obviously, you have to build that respect with your coworkers and your boss and everything. And if you have that open communication where you're expressing yourself and who you are, then it just makes the collective so much better and you enjoy what you do because, one, you love to be there, but you also enjoy the company and your coworkers around you. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you got to show up. you got to show up and give your all. And like I said, I give 200%, 100% of the time. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how to not do that. So it's it's never hard to switch it off, and it's funny because a group of us on the team we uh, we call ourselves the No Chill Club oh because my <laughs> it's because literally we are always going, we are always on even before even before we warm up for practice. Oh We're the gosh. three people who are running around the field before we actually have to do the warm up, just because we're just. We're wired that way. No chill club. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And then you, I mean, so it's not just your soccer career. You also have started a company around mentorship as well as an apparel brand, right? Yes. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) Do you have, also, do you have time in your brain or like brain space to be able to dedicate to other things outside of soccer? It's definitely taken me many years to uh, figure out my schedule. But with these other companies, obviously, I have other people to help me run them. It's not just me. Mm -hmm. So again, like coming back to that support, it's like you reach out to the people you know you can trust, and they're going to help you. It's definitely something that, you know, I can't, I'm super passionate about, but obviously soccer is is my main priority, my, my main job. So that's why I have you know, that support system that will help me in this process with these other, with these other companies. Uh, so it's, it's honestly awesome. And, and I love because I can share what I do with my mentoring company, but also with, you know, apparel company. It's just, it's who I am. And it's so many different facets of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I can create all these different things so that, you know, after my long soccer career, I can continue with them yeah. and really, really continue to grow them as they are now. That's really planning for the future too, right there. <laughs> yes. I think I'm in the moment where I'm like really being in the present, mm-hmm. really focusing on what can I do now to 
make myself better? What I, you have to enjoy the journey because if you, if you think if you get stuck in the past, it's not going to help you move forward. But if you look too far in the future and want to see the results and are only focused on the results, then you're actually going to miss out on all the stuff, like the cool, unique things and the little things along your journey. And that's, that's where those special moments that when you look back at your career and your life and everything, you'll be like, I remember those moments. I remember those relationships I created with those people. Are you still working on your athletic brand? Yes. Sometimes it's, it's running smoothly. Sometimes it's not, it just depends. But because I'm doing so many other things right now that sometimes it's, it's not up to where I want it to be, Mm -hmm. but it's still a work in progress. Um, so, you know, hopefully I can, I can revamp it, um, trying to, but right now I'm, I'm more focused on obviously soccer and this IPO idea. So that's, that's where my real direction, but obviously I still have the mentoring is what I love to do Mm. as well. So and what, who do you mentor? So it's called the National College Recruiting Center. So it's a text-based mentoring company where it connects young scholar athletes. And, and we're the mentors, you know, as a professional athlete, mm-hmm. I've been through college. I've been through the recruiting process. And, and I know every aspect of how to work out, how to recover, how to study time management. Uh, and it, it is so cool to see, you know, a young kid just thrive because it's having that other support system. It's having someone they can look up to that's been through this process that's going to fully have their back at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what they want to do. And if they have those dreams and aspirations, then I'm going to do everything I can to help them along that journey. It sounds a lot like what you found with Sean, your coach, is something that you want to give to others and to younger athletes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Sean was you know, still is one of my best examples of an incredible mentor Mm -hmm. and turning that mentor into a wonderful friend that I know I will have for a lifetime. And if I can be that for, you know, a young kid who's just enthusiastic about whatever sport, just to be that little support that they'll always have and they can reach out to, then why not? Let's pause here. So we just heard about Tyler's dedication and the other things that she's really trying to prioritize besides playing soccer. And I'll talk about her practice like you want to play mentality at the very end, but I just wanted to reiterate some things here that Tyler does to be the best. And obviously playing soccer does make a difference. So she thinks about the long run, always asking, what can I do? So what can I do right now that will make me better in the future? And she also takes all of the feedback that she gets as learning opportunities. My personal favorite thing that she talked about uh, at the very beginning is that she practices in the most challenging environment possible to get better for game time. Her example was practicing with her brothers. It's kind of like how you hear about Olympic athletes working out at super high altitudes or in extreme heat that may not be the conditions they'll race in, but it's certainly going to be amazing preparation and make them an overall better athlete. So why is this relevant to the majority of us who aren't full-time athletes? (laughs) Well, learning how to prepare for any situation is really valuable. And I really liked her comparison with studying. And that's if you want to do really well on a test, you're going to go home and you're going to study. So why wouldn't that apply to everything else that you do? 
Tyler is a living, walking example of how the requirements are really just a minimum and that going above and beyond is a choice that only those who are dedicated will make. Okay, well, let's get back to the interview and we're going to hear Tyler's take on burnout and discuss the ambitious goal that she's been spending her time on lately. She wants to take the National Women's Soccer League public. So let's hear it. What I'm really passionate about and I've been working on for years is my idea to take the NWSL public, so initial public offering. It's basically the selling of stock at $5 Mm -hmm. per share, which will generate enough money the initial year of an IPO. And that's enough money to increase salaries. um, And that's promoting this shared fan and player experience of owning an entire sports league. So fans, players can invest and, and create this reinvestment that is really necessary so that I don't have to work multiple other jobs so that I can fully be a professional soccer player. And that is what I love to do. It's my craft. It's something <laughs> I, I started playing when I was three years old and loved it ever since when my mom threw me out on this little park field and said, go kick that round thing around on the, you know, just the grass. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm still that little kid who loves what I do. And I mm-hmm. so enjoy it. And with this IPO idea, I, I, it's a massive take on. So I think yeah. with this stock, it will pay dividends. Um, it can be bought and sold. So that's really important because that gives back to the fans who are the ones who are taking their hard earned paychecks every day to come support us, to mm-hmm. buy our gear, to pay for tickets, to show up. And they want something back. And I think this is creating that shared experience because I've seen that. I play for the Portland Thorns. And if you don't know, you should look them up because you look us up. And we get over 20,000 fans every home game. Obviously, yes, we're in a pandemic right now. So (laughs) so that's been really tough. But actually, we have our first game this Friday and we will have at least 6,000 fans. So that's better than no fans. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. So I think it's just, I want to give back to the fans who give so much to us. And I think people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And yes, this is a big idea, but it's, it's worth the risk. It's worth sharing. And and it's something that, that can happen and is very possible in the near future. Hopefully. I was one of those young, um, I think I probably started playing soccer when I was 10, maybe. What if my mom had given me a share of NWSL for my birthday or something? I would have loved that. I would have felt like I had some stake in women's soccer as a whole when I was really young. No, that's the whole point. We want everybody to have a piece of this. So that is an extremely ambitious endeavor (laughs) to take the NWSL public but where did the idea originate from? So the biggest thing for me is ever since I was little, I always wanted to get a college education. That was the biggest thing my parents told us is education is before your sports. You know, it's the most important thing. Obviously, I love what I do with soccer, but, you know, I wanted to get my degree. I just spent three and a half years. I got drafted in in January 2017, and I still had my thesis to write. I still had multiple classes. Mm -hmm. And when I came out, to Portland, Oregon, I I saw 20,000 fans and so much support for women. And then we traveled to other teams. They didn't have the same support. Mm -hmm. And 
was like, I want this shared experience to be for everyone. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, what, what is something big that we could do? And I was like, well, I've heard about taking uh, a lot of things public. So I was like, <laughs> there's a possibility. I've never heard of a league going public. You hear of teams going public. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got, there's, you know, FC Barcelona went public. Mm-hmm. That's huge. But other teams will not benefit from it. And other fans who are supporters of other teams won't benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's bringing the collective together, which is the most important part. Yeah. So it's not just transactional. It's actually the, the community almost and the, the interaction between the fans and the players and fans of different teams. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's amazing. So it, yeah, it's, it's developing and, and I've reached out to so many different people, mm-hmm. um, owners of MLS teams, economists mm. at Princeton and Harvard and even you know other important CEOs so it's all about just getting feedback and other fans as well because I know the Rose City Riveters are on board with this idea the Rose City Riveters I'm assuming it's a play yes. on Rosie the Riveter yes it is <laughs> uh they stand behind the uh north end of our stadium and it, I mean it's like thousands of fans that okay. we have they show up in full force cheering they have songs every different like different minutes of the game uh they make every single player a banner on the team that kind of resonates with who you are they get to know you and it is honestly just such a special place to play soccer and ever since I was a little girl my dream was to be a professional soccer player so since you're working on so many different things and you are so intense do you ever experience (laughs) burnout is there just too much to do and not enough of Tyler to spread among the things that you're trying to do? Mm, it is a lot. And I think structure is, is, is crucial mm. to what I do because soccer is 24 seven. It's a mindset, but I try to take that mindset and everything else I'm doing. So I never feel burned out. Obviously if I have times where, you know, there's going to be stress, there's going to be moments where you're not going to get it right, but take a second look to actually take a moment and realize where you are and what you've already accomplished and that you can keep going. So I've never really, hopefully don't experience burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm so dedicated to, you know, my craft with soccer and so dedicated to these other aspects of my life that I can continue this. I I don't feel like I need to stop Mm -hmm. doing it. I kind of have that attitude of like, just never stop. And yes, you can take moments to breathe and relax. (laughs) And it's not, you know, go, go, go all the time. Yes, I do take those moments. Um, But if you're passionate about it, then you can continue it. But at the end of the day, if it's what you want, it's what you love, then no one can tell you any differently. Because I'm doing the things that make me happy. And I enjoy doing them. So I can continue doing them and no one's going to stop me. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So Tyler, can you tell me about a moment that you felt invincible? Yes, I know the exact day. So (laughs) it was um, July 14th, 2019. We were playing the Orlando Pride and we won four to three and I had scored a header goal in the 94th minute. So in stoppage time. And that was the biggest goal I have ever scored in my entire career to this 
day. And I just honestly, I get, I actually have goosebumps right now thinking about that day <laughs> because, oh, it was just, it was a battle back and forth. And at 90 minutes, it was 3-3. So we were tied. And I had this feeling that we were not done yet. We were going to win this game. And it happened to be in the 94th minute. My teammate, Megan Klingenberg, uh, was taking the corner kick. So we had a corner. This was the last play, the absolute last play. The whistle was going to be blown after this. And we were all in the 18-yard box, bumping and pushing each other, just trying to get space. And the ball comes in. And honestly, I was like, time had stopped. Time actually didn't stop. It slowed down as the ball was coming to the back post. And I was waiting and waiting and being patient. And I was trying to anticipate where to go and where to end where the ball was going to come. And it came to the back post. And I remember just, it was a simple header. I have done that header thousands of times my entire career. But like I said, practice like you play. If you are not giving 200%, 100% of the time, then when it comes to the real thing, you're not going to make it count if you only give half effort. Mm-hmm. You need to give full effort. And I just remember as soon as it came to my head and I had it in the goal and then noise it made, oh, the noise when the ball hits the back of the net as a forward, it is the best sound in the entire <laughs> world. If I just heard an audio of it, I would know exactly what it was. <laughs> I remember it hitting And as soon as it hit the net, time sped back up. I was still running because I was running to the ball to head it in. Time sped back up. I am then sprinting to the other corner flag. Literally every ounce of energy and passion exuded from my body. Fist pumping, screaming, just going crazy. (laughs) I get to the corner flag. My entire team is jumping on me. Oh, Let me mention 20,000 fans at the exact same time the ball hit the back of the net are going wild. And I was just, my mind was blown. And I was just like, this is that electric feeling that just, just the enthusiasm everyone had. And it didn't have to be me. It ended up being me that day. But we made it happen. And it really, it is a huge moment in my career But I then have to reflect and take a step back. It is all those small moments, all those days where I'm practicing, giving my all, I'm recovering, I'm doing everything I can Mm -hmm. is a 24-7 job and a 24-7 mindset where I'm always ready, physically, mentally, emotionally ready for those moments. You can control what you can control. And that's that's hard work and discipline and and really showing up. And and yeah, that that was a moment I'll never forget. You can just see, or I mean, even listen, (laughs) you can just hear from your voice how big of a moment this was for you. Yeah. And do you have a life motto? Um, I have probably a bunch. Uh, I'd say, you know, never stop trying to make society and what I do better. You know, I'm here to make it better for the generation now, for Mm -hmm. us right now you know, for the women right now who, who have a fierce mindset. I know I have a fierce mindset. Most women have a fierce mindset or they need to think they have a fierce mindset Mm. because as you know, I mean, you're encouraging women to be bold. And I love working with women who are bold and want other women to be bold and, and own who they are. 
yeah, I would say that. I mean, there's a bunch more, but just have a fierce mindset and be yourself. I think you need to give motivational speeches. <laughs> like pivot, add a little branch to this mentorship company. And it's just like, like motivational as you go to bed or something like that. <laughs> I could probably try to do that. Yeah. And what is the biggest risk you've taken recently? The biggest risk? Uh, I just emailed a woman named Lauren Hobart, who's actually the CEO of Dick's Sporting Goods. I think she really gets it. And I think Dick's Sporting Goods gets it because they have an entire team of women who are making sure that we have the sports that we needed and the products that we need. And I think it's a huge part of like an added piece that I need for my IPO idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need the largest sporting goods manufacturer in America to be on board. And uh, I reached out to her and asked her to be more bold than she already is. Mm. Um, and, you know, to see if she'll be on board with this idea. And whether she responds or not, I sent that email. I, I made a statement. I asked for what I wanted. I showed the work that I put into it. Because why not? It's another woman who's a CEO who who's uh, bold and encouraging other women. And I think, you know, I really, I, uh, I saw one of her Dick Sporting Goods video they recently put out called uh, Inside Moves. And it was all about women supporting each other and the women that they have working for each other. Mm -hmm. So it was, if you haven't seen the video, it, it's, it's really inspiring. And uh, one of the reasons why I reached out, I want this woman to be a part of it. Yeah, so it's worth the risk. So that's, I encourage everybody, you know, send that email, ask for you, what you want, make a statement for, for who you are. And what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> exactly. What do you have to lose? Nothing. Really nothing. She just yeah. ignores your email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try somewhere else. And I have a question that I ask every one of my guests. This podcast is titled Old Statement Mondays, Interviews with Women Who Wear Heels to Work, with the idea that heels is really a metaphor for your strength or some trait or some tool that you have every day that you keep with you that gives you confidence and makes you who you are. So what are your heels? My heels are the fierce mindset that I have in what, in every aspect of my life in order to give it my all and, and believe in myself and, I think if you, if you look at the world in nature, this might be a little off topic, but if you look at the world in nature, it relates. Females across all species are the most bold, the most fierce, the most loving and nurturing to their young. And I believe being bold is what it means to be a female. Wow. <laughs> Mic <laughs> drop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Tyler. Thank you so much, Natalie. I've really enjoyed talking to you and and I know you're going to go so far. And anybody who's listening, listen, share this podcast because it is truly uh, inspiring to hear you and, and what you're doing for women um, in society. And we need more of that. That was Tyler Lucy. If it wasn't blatantly obvious to you, Tyler is frickin' intense. 
And I want to take this time to dive a little bit more into what that intensity does for her. So we'll touch on her dedication and practicing how you want to play, and also her supportive mindset. So to start, Tyler's intensity is the core of who she is, and she brings it to not just her game playing. If you played a sport growing up, you probably also heard the phrase, practice like you want to play. Uh, I mean, I definitely did. I played soccer and volleyball when I was younger, but I've never actually met someone who follows it, or like who follows it so wholeheartedly. Honestly, I almost thought it was a cliche before meeting Tyler, but seeing how she treats that as a guiding principle, that I respect and no longer find it cliche. So anyway, maintaining this attitude 24 hours a day also affects, for example, her approach to taking the league public. She's going all out in her research and in talking to people. I mean, she's talking with the Rose City Riveters. Uh, She's getting in touch and interviewing economists. I mean, it comes through even off the field. Her dedication has also earned her a lifetime advocate in Sean, her coach. She believes in herself so much that, in a way, she's inviting other people to believe in her, too. Remember Rachel Greenwald's episode, number seven, about how she found her passion for matchmaking? We talked about how when you're completely and openly passionate about something, you become a magnet and you draw people in. And I have my own example for this one, actually. When I decided to turn Statement Mondays into a podcast, I floated it by a few friends and just told them about this idea, and they immediately connected me with other podcasters and women I should interview. I had no podcast yet, but with tons of passion about building it, I suddenly had a huge network of people who were excited to help me. So if you have a passion like this and you share it and you share a commitment with the people around you, that can do just as much to boost you up and open doors as just talent. And on that thread of support networks, it came up over and over again in this interview with Tyler that women need to support other women. I mean, I've had times at work where I've caught myself thinking, oh, I have to get ahead in this way, or or even just comparing myself to other women in particular. Well, for context, I've always been an extremely competitive person, which has served me really well academically and in a lot of other ways. But it's also been a hindrance in certain things, like personal relationships, actually. I find I have a harder time trusting and getting close with people. But now, anytime a destructive, competitive attitude crosses my mind, I push it away and I try to act primarily out of support rather than competition because it feels really good to be supported and to provide support to someone else rather than to win in whatever way you want to think about. (laughs) So... Let's start lifting each other up more. Let's make society better for our generation, like Tyler likes to say. All right, guys. So as you know, I would love your support. And the way that you can help out is just share this podcast with two people who you think might like it. I would really appreciate it. And remember, be bold. Today is Statement Monday. I'm Natalie Munster. My intern is Mallory Pilon. And my audio engineer is Martin Munster. You can learn more about me and Statement Mondays at statementmondays.com or follow us on Instagram at statementmondays. I love getting messages from you guys and hearing what you think of the podcast. So continue to get in touch. I'll see you next Monday. Bye.